listening to For Your Joy, a podcast provided by New King Church, where we seek to restore your faith in a world of discouragement. If you want to find out more about New King or learn how you can get connected with our network of like-minded churches in Burlington, Vermont, and surrounding areas, check us out at newkingchurch.com. Hey everyone, good to have you back here on the For Your Joy podcast. Um, I need to let Ben do this introduction one time, just to see if um, if it would be more intriguing and interesting. What would so you say? I would say, hey everybody, welcome to the For Your Joy podcast. That sounds exactly like what I do. Yeah. I'm such a creature you do of it habit. just right. Oh, thanks. Well, uh, this is a podcast that seeks to restore your faith in a world of discouragement. Um, we are a couple of pastors at New King Church in South Burlington, Vermont, um, and we really enjoy doing this and mm-hmm. uh, really hope that it is helpful for all of you. Um, my name is Lucius. I'm joined by Ben Preston and uh we are currently in a discussion um, around uh, the two men, Saul and David, the first couple of kings of Israel, um, and we have been hovering around um, the story of Saul, a couple different things that we see within uh, his story, particularly pointing out his character, and one of the first things that um, been said that I think is a really helpful kind of foundation of where we go is that it's so clear to see that Saul has an insufficient core identity, right? And this plays out in so many different ways. Um, but the first is that his relationship with God is very utilitarian, right? He thinks that, um, God is, is, is merely just there to help him accomplish things. Uh, when he wants to do something, he might uh, relate to God, as he's seen people relate to him before, um, but he's not necessarily listening to God. Uh, he's just kind of going through these motions of what he thinks he's supposed to do uh, in this relationship with God. Um, and God begins to rebuke him for that, but how that plays out even more specifically is in the idea of insecurity. And so since he doesn't truly understand what God has given him, what God has gifted him with, um, what God has made him to be, he's very insecure in who he is and tries to do things um, his own way, tries to take things on that uh, the Lord never even intended for him to take on and and point to his own accomplishments and try to um, make people believe he's better than uh, he actually is. And and we see a couple different pitfalls of these insecurities. We've been talking through those uh, a little bit, um, but we're going to jump into a couple more um, because these are really, really helpful to understand so that we can can seek to avoid them, can seek to have a better identity uh, in Christ, uh, a better relationship with God, and, and not be insecure, but be confident in who he has made us to be. Um, and when we understand these insecurities, we can see how maybe they're beginning to creep into our life and seek to um, avoid them. Uh, and so before, I guess before we get in, any other opening thoughts that we've been looking at, Ben? Um, just reminding everybody, if you listened to the first two episodes, we talked about uh, how his his focus was on 
his achievements, mm-hmm. right? It, it's not that when we're insecure, we necessarily are entirely focused on the things that we're insecure about, um, but we will become preoccupied with self. That's yeah. the that's the main characteristic, and 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 typically we'll become focused on our achievements because we're trying to establish our worth based on our performance. Mm, yeah. And we see that with Saul. He doesn't have a um a stable, secure core identity, so he's trying to build up his worth uh through his accomplishments and and when that's the case, we tend to point other people to toward our accomplishments mm-hmm. or even like he does take credit for things that we didn't really do or yeah. Or that kind of thing. Um, and I just want to remind people of what the Lord says through uh, Samuel when he re- rebukes him, though you are little in your own eyes, mm. uh, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. The Lord's pointing him to, do you not see what I've given you? Yeah. And, and you're still so focused on yourself instead of me mm. that you're, you see yourself as this, this little person, but I've made you king. Yeah, yeah. And I think we can all relate to that. We mm-hmm. have all had tendencies towards insecurity. I mean, you even mentioned toward the beginning of uh, this discussion is that it's not, do we have insecurities? It's what are they, right? Mm-hmm. And how do we recognize yes. them? Uh, and how do we seek to fight uh, the temptation to, to give into kind of letting yourself be affected and dictated by those insecurities mm-hmm. um, rather than immediately turning to point yourself towards the identity that the Lord has given us as a son and daughter in his mm-hmm. kingdom and, and all that comes along with that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so so kind of the Lord to to say that kind of um, rebuke, like a grace-filled rebuke, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, calling him to remember what he has given him. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I know that there's, um, we want to be conscious of time here and, and seek to serve our people who are listening that way. And so uh, there are a couple more um, insecurities in the life of Saul that we see. Uh, so Ben, take it away. Yeah, I want to look at how, I want to look at a couple more um of the effects of insecurity in Saul's life. And when you look at the story of David and Goliath, the focus is really on David mm-hmm. and, and what he does there, what the Lord does through him. But there's, uh, but Saul's there as well. Yeah. And, and so just to kind of rem- remind people of the story, David David goes to bring uh, some food to his older brothers who are in the army. And when he gets to the front lines of battle, the men of Israel are are all kind of cowering because every single day there's this guy, this giant named Goliath, who is a champion warrior, mm. right? Which means that this man's experienced. He isn't just a big awkward guy he is actually a he he's he is a combination of um you know jackie chan and uh someone andre the giant yeah wow that's terrifying (laughs) yeah right um so he's he's like he's an actual force to be reckoned with 
Saul says, this guy's been a warrior from his youth. In other words, he was trained like, like from the time he was a child, he was, uh, he, he was prepared for this. He was trained for this. He has been, he's, he's Chuck Norris and <laughs> Shaq, Shaq. <laughs> This is great. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Who would win? A combination of Chuck Norris and Shaq, or Jackie Chan and Andre the Giant? I'm gonna say Jackie Chan and Andre the Giant, because they're you know both what? fighters. Shaq is just big. Yeah, he's, he's big, but I mean, can you like have you seen him block out? Yeah, that's true. Let's throw some elbows. It'd be a good fight. I would watch it. I'd pay to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Really, I would just pay to see the combination of those pairings. Yes. <laughs> what that person would look like. Yes. Yeah. When Chuck Norris does <laughs> he doesn't do he doesn't do what is it? What's the joke, man? The he doesn't house. do push ups, he does earth downs. <laughs> we can't get into Chuck Norris jokes here. Okay. All right. So anyway So the story is here's this combination of Jackie Chan and Andre the Giant standing out there taunting the armies of Israel, and he's 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 challenging their. He says, "Send out the best warrior you've got, mm-hmm. and he and I will fight. And whoever wins, uh, it's going to count for it's. It will count as a victory for the entire army. Mm-hmm. If if we win, if I win, then you all have to become our slaves. If you win, then all of us will become your slaves. And and Israel is standing there in in absolute horror, thinking there's nobody who can fight mm-hmm. this guy, right? Yeah. We've nobody can can handle him. And when David shows up on the scene, the soon as he hears the taunt, he's like, he's like, who is this guy? Yeah. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? In other words, who does he think he is? He doesn't have God on his side. That's mm-hmm. that's David's paradigm. That's the lens that David looks through. He doesn't yeah. see he doesn't see, you know, nine nine and a half foot tall warrior. He sees a dude who has no reason to have confidence in front of the armies of the living God. Yeah. And he says, um, He's basically like, why is no one fighting this guy, mm-hmm. right? And he goes, and, and, and somebody hears him talking about it, and, and they bring him before Saul. And, and, and Saul, and we, so we find out that Saul has been sitting there this whole time. Like, Saul isn't back home in a castle. Saul is there, and he's supposed to be fighting with the armies of Israel. Mm-hmm. That's, his, that's his job as king. Yeah. And... And so he has had the opportunity. We don't know for how many days, but for some time, Saul has had the opportunity to do the very thing that David ends up doing. Yeah. And the reality is David does not defeat Goliath because of his training with the slingshot. Yeah. That is not the point of the story. David defeats Goliath because God is on Israel's side. Yeah. And David believes that God will give them victory if yeah. they trust him. So any one of the Israelite men could have walked out there in, and, and defeated Goliath if they'd gone out there to, to defend the glory and honor of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Any one of them could have, yeah. including Saul. 
And so I want to point out that Saul, because we're focusing on Saul and not all the other men there, yeah. I want to point out the fact that Saul's insecurity led him to avoid taking risks yeah. that he should have taken. This is a risk that he should have, that every single one of those men should have been raising their hand saying, I'm, mm. I'll t- send me, I'll be the first to go. Yeah. Um, but, but Saul, you know, he, he was unwilling to step out and take a risk because he, uh, he was afraid of, fa- of failure. Yeah. Right. And this is one of the great downfalls of our insecurities is it, mm. is it stops us from stepping out in faith, taking risks that God would have us to take in order to glorify him um, because we're so worried about preserving ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you are, if, if you are constantly looking at your victories, your achievements to kind of be secure in who you are, and if you think that there's something you might go do and you're not going to have victory, you're not going to achieve, you're not going to win, then you're going to stay far away from it because mm-hmm. it's an opportunity for you to, to lose that, right, uh, mm-hmm. security. And um, that's continually, that's exactly right. yeah, him just focusing on those things. What can he do to preserve himself? Right. What if I fail, yeah. right? If my identity is wrapped up in my achievements, then failure in something is a blow to my core identity. Yeah. And therefore I will not I will always be calculated and I will never take I will never step out and try something that I think that there is a real chance of failure. Yeah. yeah. And I want to yeah, kind of go back to the previous episode something you had mentioned um and just point out how this relates is that God rebuked him, you know, it's hard I can't remember how many years but in terms of the text here a couple chapters before, mm-hmm. right? And you said he doesn't necessarily break down him as king until a little while later mm-hmm. because God wanted to give him time to maybe repent, mm-hmm. respond, and, and start trusting in the Lord, you know? Um, and here's an obviously where Saul doesn't recognize this is an opportunity to set things right. Mm-hmm. You know, God rebuked him for the way that he acted many times before, and now he can he can go and take this risk and trust in the Lord, um, but he doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. Why Why do you think he continues to? Why doesn't he have that switch flipped in his mind? Well, I, ultimately, I think it's because he doesn't. You know, we talked about this. He doesn't have a true intimacy with God. He doesn't have a real working relationship with God. It's yeah. uh, it's. God is a tool to be used, mm. a genie, you know, and and so God hasn't had the opportunity. He doesn't have Saul's ear, right? And um, and so because he doesn't repent of that, of that, the core problem really is that is the relationship isn't there yeah. with the Lord. Yeah. Um, and so he, I think he just remains stuck in this place of um you know of un- unable to grow unable to repent of this issue yeah so what are are the risks that you see us today the church you know believers in this context um avoiding what are the risks we are avoiding because of insecurity the ones that come to mind i mean the first one that comes to mind is just personal evangelism absolutely yeah 
right? We we have we have the gospel. We have the antidote to our world's sickness and mm. and we fail to offer it to them because we're afraid of rejection. Yeah. And I'm guilty. I mean, um this is where I see my insecurity probably most frequently play out is in a failure to open my mouth mm-hmm. when I have an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. We're afraid that someone would reject us. Um, and the reason we're afraid of that is because in s- at least to some degree, we're putting our value um, in, in how people receive us or, or what they think of us. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. We're not, listening to what the Lord might want us to do and seeing the opportunities there, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think we become so numb to maybe the guilt of not doing that, we begin to not even see the opportunities mm-hmm. and the risks that we could even go take. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so here's another question. I, got, I know there's another uh, insecurity pitfall that we'll get to, but what are what are the Goliaths around us that are that are, mm-hmm. that are, I guess making us fearful uh, it's the it's the animosity uh, of our culture toward christian beliefs i mean right now i think that the attitude of the world toward righteousness mm-hmm. is the great goliath uh, uh that we face yeah that's what, I mean, you know, the enemy seeks to intimidate us ex- in exactly the same way yeah. to intimidate us into an action. The same way that Goliath stood there and with using intimidation and fear kept every single one of those warriors from taking action. I think Satan d- has the same tactics. You know, the culture is... uh as hostile toward God's demand for righteousness in the areas of gender, sexuality, marriage, to name, Mm -hmm. you know, the top ones in our culture. Um, But, but more than that, right. And so through the taunting and shouting of, of the culture, calling, calling Christians intolerant or bigots or um, narrow minded or, uh, or whatever they they call us, right? Is that I think is what people feel. Yeah, we we feel that when we're in public settings, we've been exposed to it. We hear it on the news. We hear it on the radio. We hear it in our coworkers' conversations, and so we know. You know, this is real for people in our church. They're experiencing this in their workplaces. The 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 intimidation from coworkers and even bosses. Um, that they need to just shut up and stay in the background and do mm-hmm. their job. Wow. I think that's Goliath in our world. Yeah. Yeah, there are no new tactics. No. Um, just different faces. Mm-hmm. And um, it's helpful to remember and see how we can be just as bold. Mm-hmm. You know, the God that was on David's side is, is on our side. Amen. Yeah. Um, and seeks to defend his own glory and yeah. honor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, first pitfall avoiding risk mm-hmm. what is the second so the second one comes in the next chapter we start to see um 
with in in First Samuel eighteen with David's victory, there is uh, honor that is bestowed upon him. Right, people are celebrating his victory. Mm, yeah, and God's given him great favor, and so the way that favor plays out is that people are drawn to David. Mm. They love him. His, you know, Saul's own children love David. <laughs> and, um, and so Saul is very angry that people are singing songs about David's, uh, his, his battle exploits. Right. Yeah. And, and that, they're saying that David's slain ten thousands and and Saul's slain his thousands. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and and Saul's embarrassed, right? But but what he ends up doing is he had made David a commander of uh, the what's I can't remember. I should have looked at this beforehand, but I think he made him um, a commander of his armies at first, and then he downgrades him to a commander of a thousand. Um. But basically, he starts to, he starts, it says in verse uh, 9, and Saul eyed David from that day on. Mm. And then he throws a spear at him, and um, he... <laughs> Ramped up really quickly. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and I just want to says, point out my version in verse 9 says, Saul, David, or sorry, Saul watched David jealously from that day forward. Ah. It just puts that um, emphasis in there. So verse 13 says, so Saul removed him from his presence and mm. made him a commander of a thousand. So he downgrades him. He removes him from his presence. And this is the, I think the application for us is that our insecurities will cause us to push others away. Mm. People who, who seem to be a threat to our identity will be, will, will be pushed away from us. Yeah. And, um, and when we are secure in the Lord and in the identity that he's given us, then we will be drawn to the people that are succeeding by, you know, by the hand of the Lord. And we will mm-hmm. want to be around them and, and won't feel threatened by another person's success. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I mean, why is this a tactic of the enemy? Like, what are the, what are the really big dangers of pushing people away? Well, it causes disunity in the body and that's satan loves disunity because i mean god has designed the church uh to be a place of shalom of of his peace um and so when the enemy can come in and cause divisions through through jealousy through insecurity mm-hmm. um then he disrupts the shalom of the body of christ the harmony yeah. that's intended to be here in relationships. God's greatest desire is that we love one another. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think a couple times we've been coming back to this idea of humility. Mm-hmm. You know, and humility can take on so many different forms. One, David was humble when he went out to fight Goliath because he wasn't relying on himself. He was relying on the Lord, right? So humility can actually bring us victories, but also humility should bring us to celebrate the victories of others. That's right. right? Because recognizing that it's not them, it's still the Lord. That's right. Every victory comes from the Lord. That's right. Right. Um, In in being 
in celebrating that and in, in giving God glory for those things rather than looking at them, mm-hmm. those individuals in our life as as threats mm-hmm. almost to, to who we are mm-hmm. and what we can accomplish. Absolutely. So how are we doing on time? Probably need to begin wrapping okay, up. Okay, I think I want to give two uh, practical ways that we can work on this. Yeah. Um, one would be something to watch for. Another thing would be something to actively pursue. First of all, I think we need to stand on guard against this by watching out for an attitude or a heart in us that doesn't immediately celebrate another person's success. Hmm. And look for this in particular in people in your same kind of uh, field yeah. in your or in your same calling. Um, we tend to we we tend to be able to celebrate another person's success as long as it isn't that as long as they don't do the same thing that I do mm-hmm. as long as they're not doing the same thing I do but better <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it, it's like uh-huh. I I'm not I mean I, you know to give you an example like I, I'm not gonna be threatened to by someone's success who is growing a business but I might feel threatened by a pastor whose church is growing mm-hmm. faster than mine yeah right. Um, and so apply that to yourself. Be on the wa- be on the lookout for ways that you, um, the the ways that you feel uh, threatened by another person's success in your same field. Yeah. And then I think a way to actively fight against this is to make a practice of showing honor. Mm. The Bible says that in the body of Christ, we're supposed to outdo one another in showing honor. Mm. Like if we're going to outdo each other in something, yeah, this is what we should outdo each other in. Yeah, is honoring, building up, right, uh, lifting up another person, talking, speaking well of another person, t- pointing out another person's, um, another person's victories or successes or, or or the things that God's doing in their life to other people. Yeah. It's not just, you know, we don't just honor each other to each other, but in but in community. It's like, hey, everybody look at how what a great job Lucius is doing leading worship and you do a great job leading worship. Thanks, Ben. And um but pointing that pointing to another person's um success in the Lord mm-hmm. while others are present, I think is a really um is an active way that we can fight against this Yeah, in, in community. That's great. Well, I hope that um, these things that you're thinking about, these tips, these um, practical ways to, to look out for these insecurities and, and take a step towards greater identity in Christ um, will stay with you over this week. Um, look for those things. Uh, seek ways that the Lord is calling you to take risks uh, for His glory. Um, and, and act on those through the power of the Spirit um, and do it in community. Celebrate the fact that the Lord has put people around you who also um, are strengthened by His Spirit through the power of Christ. Um, we're going to continue talking uh, about Saul and David, maybe begin to get particularly more uh, in-depth in the person of David, see how his heart after the Lord really served him throughout his life. Um, and I'm excited to continue to talk about this. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk to you soon. See ya.